Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, Pastor Antoine continues in our series, Start. Let's see what God's Word has for us from lead pastor Antoine Lassiter. We're here to praise the name of the Lord, and it's good to see the saints of God in the house of God. And, um, you know, welcome to Think Kingdom. Uh, I get to pastor uh, some of the funnest, if that's a word, it's not, it's a word now, the funnest people. I'm going to get an email. That's not a word. Um, and, and we like to have fun in Jesus, and uh, we just want to be followers of Christ, so uh, welcome. Um, we've been in a sermon series called Start, S-T-A-R-T. And so as a church, we want to start reading the Bible together. Now, I know you read the Bible by yourself, and you don't need any prompting from us, but uh, we wanted to, as a church, to read the Bible together. So um, we started these rhythms. We call them spiritual rhythms. And these spiritual rhythms is, is basically helping us to make sure uh, that um, we love the Lord and we have these habits. Everybody say habits. We have these habits that point us to Jesus. Now, if you're north of a newborn, you realize that uh, life is full of distractions, I'm the only one. Okay, so life, you're distracted now. Point well taken. Um, So life is full of distractions and we're busy. And so if we don't have these patterns in our lives to make sure that, um, you know, married couples or anyone you're in a relationship with, if you don't spend time with the person you're in a relationship with, even in your best attempts, you'll find yourself drifting apart. And so how much more we want to focus our efforts on uh, Jesus Christ. So uh, we're going to park. No, we're just going to do a drive-by with Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 9. We're going to, if you don't mind, can you stand for the reading of God's word? We just want to show God's reverence to his word. Uh, We are going to focus on uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 9 verse uh, through 15. Uh, What does the worker gain from his struggles? Can anybody relate? Where does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. So if you, are, you have a digital Bible, uh, highlight that. He has made everything appropriate in this time. He has also, this is very important, I want to watch, I want you to watch this because many of us are trying to fill our lives with stuff. Many of us are trying to fill our lives with stuff, and here's why. Because he has also put eternity in their hearts. And so what we want to do is satisfy this longing that we have. Everyone has it. There's a longing that you and I have because he has placed eternity in their hearts. But no one can discover the work God has done from the beginning to an end. We only see in part. We don't have everything figured out. And so he says in verse number 12, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. Who wants the good life? Oh, just a few of us. Okay. So, so all right. So I'm going to ask you this again. Let's just be honest. Who wants the good life? So, there you go. There you go. Yeah, you got me. So, but here's the problem with the good life. If we don't define the good life the way God sees it, we'll, we'll have a good life and call it bad. So God defines what is a good life. So here's the challenge, men, women, children. We're all striving to get stuff because we have this distorted view of what a good life is. And so what the Lord is trying to do in this season of starting, starting over, making sure that we have him in the forefront of our lives is to make sure that we're defining what good is. 
So he says, hey, uh, where am I? Yes, it is also the gift of God. Um, whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts, it is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. This is not meant to make you feel bad because you got expensive toys. This is not meant to make you feel bad because you can't turn down the sneakers app to save your life. I'm sorry. I'm hitting too close to home. Oh, my. This is to say that he has given us opportunities to enjoy good things. There's nothing wrong with good things. The problem is when those good things replace God. And so if we're going to be a people that's literally um, going after God, we got to make sure our priorities are right. And so he says in verse number 14, I know that everything God does will last forever. Stop right there. Everything that God does will last forever. Everything that we... Listen, there's always a better shoe, Reverend. I don't know why I keep talking about shoes. That was a shoe I saw that I have made a commitment not to buy, and it's all in my spirit. Y'all got to pray for the man of God. Okay, so there is no adding to it or taking from it. What God has settled is settled. God works so that people will be in awe of him. The creator wants us in awe of him, not his creation. So when you're, when you're in the Maldives in the middle of the ocean with your wife for her 25th wedding anniversary, when you're, in, when you're enjoying life, he has given these, all these things for us. But if we are more in awe of the creation than the creator, we in trouble. Because the creation can never feel or scratch that itch you have because that itch is an indicator of eternity. And all of us are longing. Listen, if you have texts or call me about what's going on in the world, I have no idea. I'm going to tell you why. Because I've been at the feet of Jesus praying, fasting. But here's the reality of it. I feel so good. But here's the challenge of it. I still live in a, in a cruel world. And so if I don't have these rhythms to protect my heart, if you and I don't have the rhythms to protect our heart, then we might go off. And then it's going to be in a shallow observer, pastor in Kannapolis just goes off. That's the headline. That's literally the headline. And y'all will say, well, he said it in the sermon that he was going to go off. So, so, Lord, help me, Jesus. So whatever it is, this is interesting here, there's nothing new in the sun. Whatever is has already been. And whatever will be already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. Whoa. So I long for the day that we're able to see justice in this great land of ours. But just in case, I understand that God will seek justice. And when God seeks justice, and I end with that, nothing can satisfy you and I like Jesus. Y'all can be seated because that's not a scripture. That was the point I'm trying to make. Uh, created things give us short-term fulfillment. Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world yet lose his life? What does it profit you to gain the business but lose any semblance of life? 
What does it profit for you to write the best-selling book, but the people who you love roll their eyes because you sacrifice them to write it? What does it profit to build a dream home, but hate the ones you share it with? And so what he's saying is, what does it profit for us to gain all this stuff, Marco, and lose our souls? And so we keep going for more stuff. That longing that we all have is universal. It's all of us. It's all of us are longing for peace, longing for justice, longing to be satisfied. And that's not unique to us. But I, I contend, I, I submit to you that um, your life, your experiences, your heart, your desire may be universally understood by others, but you can only, you're the only one that can feel it. You the, are the only one that can feel the torment of your own soul. And so we see the behavior, but you're the only one that's feeling it. That's why when we struggle, we feel like we're alone. It's like when you, you know how it is when you're struggling and then me or one of the elders or one, somebody else is like, yeah, child, I went through the same thing and you care less. Why are you telling me this? I'm going through it now. And what we're trying to do is give you hope. But when you struggle, you feel like you're by yourself. Anybody? Y'all going to make me work or y'all going to work with me? I got one. I got one over here. I got can't get any one in the middle. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. So here's some realities. Um, these are the, 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 the sub-points, I suppose. But the first point I want to make, life is expensive. Thank you. Yeah. 1950, the cost of a home was $7,000. 1980 was 47000 What in the world happened in 30 years? In 2000, the cost of a home was 119000 the average home. In 2022, the average cost of a home was $336,000. Yeah, Harvard cost in the 70s $2,600. Now, I couldn't get into Harvard in the 70s, even if I was born in the 70s, but that's near, neither here nor there. Now, the cost of Harvard is $42,000 a year. Parents, y'all going to yell at me with this. Um, since the 1960s, it costs more, now it costs $31,000 more to raise a kid. Look at your kid and say, you expensive. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't. That's why I'm all full of anxiety, because you're expensive. And I got four of them. So four times three. Okay. I don't have four of them. I'm just saying. You know, just. So it costs 1,175% more to educate our child. It costs 155% more for health. And so to accommodate, this is crazy, right? To accommodate, parents are cutting food and clothing. That's not funny, but I just found that funny. Um, so the first thing is life is expensive. The second thing is work is necessary. All right? So um, work, see, beloved, work is God's idea. I want you to get that. So work is God's ordained method through which he supplies our basic needs, which is food, clothing, shelter. Um, Paul tells uh, the, the Thessalonians, he says that um, they should work quietly, eat their own bread, and uh, cease from being idle. Paul said, if you don't work, then you don't eat. Um, and the reason why he said that was because the Thessalonians were so, so enamored with the resurrection that uh, they thought Jesus was going to come at any second. So they're like, what we got to work for? He's coming right back. So they're running up bills all across the city because <laughs> Jesus paid it all. So... Um, so that's why they did it. So, so Paul was like, no, 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 no. 
Like, you still got to work. You don't work, you don't eat. So I want you to understand this, that when Duke Energy um, sends you a bill, do not write, Jesus paid it all, and send it back. You're going to be sitting in the dark. All right, so um, what happened is, so I want you to see, like, life is expensive, work is necessary. So in between these two things is a little thing called sin. Um, because when you look at the garden, he, told, he tells Adam, say, listen, I want you to keep the garden. I want you to till it. I want you to keep the garden. I want you to till it. I want you to take care of the garden, and I want you to work it. So work has always been a kingdom, a God idea. But, you know, when we sin and we have all these other problems, then this is what happens. So uh, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, uh, say this to your neighbor, he's going somewhere. Just be patient. And he said to them, man, you listen uh, to your wife and ate from the tree from which I commanded, commanded you do not eat. So the ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground. So now man was instructed to work. Human was um, instructed to work. And now, because of sin, now they're working from the sweat of their brow, which means that, uh, that now there's obstacles to that work. There's frustrations towards that work. There's a brow beating because of that work. Now, why is this important? Because I just established that life is expensive and work is necessary. Now there's obstacles to the work. Now it's hard work. And so when we, when we factor in work is necessary and life is expensive, uh, it leads to my third sort of uh, subgroup uh, 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 topic. Sin is exhausting. Like, uh, James chapter 1, verse 15, says that uh, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Sin grows up. Sin is a taskmaster that will not quit. Sin ages us and kills us. Sin is something else, Reverend. And so I want you to understand, life is expensive. That's the present reality in which we live. Work is necessary. I, I, I remember having a conversation with someone, and schoolwork has always come easy for them. And I neglected the fact to understand that just because something comes easy to a person doesn't mean it's not work. And so the two things, these two things, work is necessary, life is expensive, can become the engine in which we live and the driving force behind many of our efforts. Whether it's starting a business, life is expensive. If I don't eat, if, I mean, I don't eat, I'd be cheaper. If I don't work, I don't eat. Plus, I want to enjoy life. Who wants to enjoy life? All of us. I'm not working every day just to die, Andrew. I want to enjoy life. And, and, and so some of us are working from sunup to sundown. And we actually, if you look at it, we're only spending about two hours a day with our families because we're trying to provide for our families. And let's be honest, it's taxing. I ain't got no more to give, Reverend. And so it, what's going to happen, we're busy, 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 and busyness can lead to being tired, and more people are tired on the verge of burning out because life is expensive and work is necessary, and you haven't even lived yet. 
And the more tired you are, the more burden you feel. Everything becomes a chore. I got to get up and brush my teeth. Oh, God. <laughs> so if it goes unchecked, living itself can become a chore. Thank you for being honest. I'm, I'm vulnerable right now. I mean, didn't, not, whoa, I didn't say I did that. The routine of unfruitfulness, which means we don't see the product of our work, can be frustrating. What is governing me, ruling my life, and how did I get here? I'm not going to attempt to pronounce this man's name, but this is what he said. Too alive to die and too dead to live. And we're in this routine, constant, constant, because we're too alive to die and too dead to live. And now it's the 29th day of the start of 2023. Happy New Year, people. And how many of us will admit that this year, these 29 days, is not quite going like I planned? Can you raise it? I just need to see. I'm vulnerable, Gina. And I just need for y'all. Even if you if, just like, yeah, I don't. I'm just helping him. Um, so here's the question. Are you more tired or less tired? Wait, wait, no. This is the year we're going to rest, Tiffany. I'm not going to say yes to everything because when I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. And you just is tired in the 29th day of the 23rd year of 2000. Yeah. So what are you doing differently? And so um, are you more or less focused? What rhythms have you placed in your life to guard and guide you this year? I mean, there's still time to start, but you got to start. And so have you committed to a Bible study, a Sunday gathering? Have you read the Bible? Have you, have you looked at your finances for real this time? You know how the idea of looking at your finances stops you from actually looking at your finances? What are you doing differently? Are you too busy to give your, your children the attention they need? Are you too busy to develop intimacy with your spouse? Are you too busy to take care of yourself? Are you too busy to be present with what gives you life? Are you too busy to give your spiritual, emotional life the attention it needs? Are you too busy to be with God? Is Christ truly at the center of your life and he's the hub in which you, you move? Or have you pushed and placed him to the margins? You'll fit him in when you get a chance. The reality is we are distracting ourselves from spiritual truth and the realities that exist around us. The average iPhone user touches their iPhone over 2,500 times a day. Now, we've been practicing these uh, rhythms, so I've taken all the demons off my phone, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and my iPhone usage is down 82%. Where was the man of God spending his time? 
then I realized that, man, my anxiety is down too. Hmm. I wonder if there can't be, but I wonder if there's a correlation between all the social media stuff and my anxiety. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Matthew 11:28 says, "Come to me, all who, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart." And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But I like the way my brother Eugene Peterson says it in the Message Bible. And I'm just, if he was going to read it and he was here, he's passed on. This is how he would read it. Are you tired? Tired. Worn out? Burn out? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. i show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so for all those who don't understand what... I think Jesus is trying to say in this passage, Jesus desires to make wounded people whole. We are too weak, too addicted, and too distracted to do what gives us life. What if your daily commute, what if during your daily commute, you listen to the Bible for 20 to 30 minutes while in your car? What if the 24 to 45 minutes that you played Pokemon Go, you prayed for people? How did that get in there? Some people don't even know that Pokemon Go is still a thing. Nonetheless, what if you gave uh, away that coffee, donut, or snack money to someone who needed it? What if the hours of those YouTube cat videos you watched were replaced by praying for your neighbors? What if the hour spent ranting about the, the, the issues of the day, you actually began to love on your neighbor? What if the routine of prayer before you eat was really focused on being grateful and not just getting to the meal? You know how it is, Lord. Thank you. We can turn off our electronics and still hear the noise of life raging inside of us. And for some of us, we can no longer distinguish silence from noise. And when we slow down and enter into silence, we feel lazy and wasteful because we should be doing something. Boredom, boredom has become so painful that we fill our hearts with noise and distractions. How dare we sit with ourselves? Nope, not going to happen. So when Jesus says, come to me, Jesus invites us into his rest, his quietness, his arms. John Mark Comer says it this way, and I paraphrased it. Busyness is violence against the soul. And we are all looking for ways to escape the weight of our lives. Think about the world we carry. So in my, in my home office, I got this guy, I don't know the name of it, but he's, he's, he's like this, and he's 
trying to lift the world up upon his shoulders. I believe that most of us feel that way, that we feel like we're trying to carry the weight of the world, not the big W world, but yours. And we're looking for ways to escape. And for some of us, we have done, I applaud you, you have done a crazy, phenomenal job raising these kids by yourself, being underemployed, giving of your time, your treasure, and your service, um, managing what you've managed. But if we're honest, it's beginning, to, it's beginning to catch up with us. Pastor, I don't know how long I'll be able to juggle all this stuff that I've been juggling. I, I wake up in the morning and try to pray and find myself falling asleep. I, I, I want to give more of my time, but I got so many obligations. I hear the voice of God, but, I'm, but I just don't, I, can, I don't, I, I can't, I just feel in my marriage, in my relationship, in my job, it's life. And it's costing me my peace. And so we were praying and, and, I, and, and, and we was asking for prayer requests in the mornings and I start seeing, pray for my mental health, pray for my mental health, pray for my mental health, pray for my emotions, pray for my... And these people love God. They're busy and they can't spend time with the Father. So how am I going to pastor a people that are too busy to spend time with God and they pull on the leadership or they pull on leaders because they cannot do it themselves? We, you, have access to God yourself. You can call on his name. Our job is to point you back to God. But what I'm realizing, Gina, and what I'm realizing, Tiffany, what I'm realizing, Tanya, that I have made myself and we have made the church so available that they pray to the church and not God. We have to create rhythms for people. And this is not legalism. We have to create habits and patterns where if you can't get an elder, you can't get sister so-and-so, you can go boldly before the throne. And talk to God yourself. That's what this is. This is not just another message. This is not just something cute that we came up with. My heart is desperate for God's people. It's like, Lord, you don't have to answer now one of my, my prayer requests. Answer theirs so they can see how good you are. They can't see how good you are because it feels like the good life is escaping them. You here every Sunday. Every Sunday you're here and still have no joy. You're giving and giving and giving and your finances still messed up. I want to be real. Can I be real this morning? Listen, we want the life, but not willing to adopt the lifestyle. We want blessing. That's why prosperity gospel is so easy to digest because we can just name it and it happens. But if we're honest, I've been naming stuff forever and it ain't happened yet. So how do I get this weight off my shoulders? I want health, but I want to eat what I want to eat. I want peace, 
but I love a good drama. And my name all in it. This is what I heard. I heard she said, nah, child, look, I haven't talked to her in a while. But I think she thinks, man, and you praying for peace? <laughs> man. I want a loving marriage, but fail to love my spouse the way they want to be loved. I want, my, I want peace for my soul, but I don't seek the Prince of Peace. And these scriptures are not leaping out to me because, honestly, we have reduced them to cliches and clever sayings. And that's why we become so mad and so angry at culture. Like, that's why we can demonize anybody. How can you spend time with God in his presence and then get up? Look at what they're doing. Like, Lord, how can I help? Your heart breaks for what breaks his heart. The way we argue about the truth of Jesus gets more attention than the ways of Jesus. We argue about what he said, why he said, when he said it. And we don't demonstrate love at all. Dang, what he said, what he said was, I don't know why I did that. My apologies. These, that just thing I just did does not necessarily reflect the views of Think Kingdom Church and any of its entities. My apologies. I was talking to a friend of mine and he said something that stuck. He says, it's not what would Jesus do. But what did Jesus do? We are to pattern our lives after what he did. Not have these theories about how he should do it. And the rules that we have in place give us the results that we want. Um, according to Psychology Today, habits form when new behaviors become automatic and are enacted with minimum conscious awareness. In other words, there's an unconscious competency that you have. I'll give an example. If you're walking, it's two o'clock in the middle, it's two o'clock in the morning, and you get up and you gotta either get a nice little snack or you gotta use the restroom, and that big toe hit the corner of that bed. Automatic response. <laughs> I don't know how holy you're gonna be at that moment. Habits should be like that, that prayer is breathing. Reading scripture is how we get to know the Father. And, and so this is what we want to do, and we call it the rule of life. The rule of life we live by, not the one we confess, um, should point us to Jesus. Um, let me give you an example. Um, Ah, let's say I tell you I have done this before. So this is actually true, and I'm ashamed to say it. I told someone, hey, I want to run a 5K. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, the Lord rebuke you. Anyway, and they, so, so they gave me an app, and it was like, okay, here's what you do, and they gave me the app. And Haywood, literally. So I had the app, and it was like, okay, it's, I think it was like from couch to 5K or something like that. And I'm like, cool, I'm about to do this. So the, it said day number one, and it had a couple things you had to do for day number one. I looked at it and was like, 
I'm not doing that. So I expressed that I want to run a 5K. But my behavior says I didn't. So I saw the person a few weeks later, and they literally, literally on day 14, I forgot what day it was. Hey, are you still interested in running a 5K? Well, I mean, I haven't started yet. No, bro, I'm not. The answer is I am not running. But my confession was different than my behavior. And so if you check my lifestyle, it'll determine what I really believe. If I believe God is Jehovah Jireh, that's who I go to. If I don't believe he is, I won't go to him. So sometimes how we want to live our lifestyle does not reflect the results of what we're striving for. Oh, I want to be, I just, I don't know. I just need to get, I, need to, I just need to get back to, to God. Cool. Read your Bible. Pray. Gather with the saints. What habits do you have in your life to shield you from the distractions of this world. So Jesus has given us a new way to live our lives. And, and we have codified it, codified it, codified it into spiritual rhythms. And the danger of spiritual rhythms is it becomes this legalist thing and a means to an end. No, what we are desiring is to give some sort of framework and, and helping with habits that we can put you into. Mary Oliver says, attention is the beginning of devotion. So what has your attention is generally what you're devoted to. Because what has our attention has our affection. And so um, many, many times I had a friend, man, I hope you're watching. Shout out to you. You know who you are. He was like, churches don't talk about sin enough. We talk about the love of God too much. I'm thinking the last time somebody told me that I was an idiot did not motivate me. When, 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 when what we have to do is we have to show people, this is my opinion, we have to show people the love of God. It's his love that draws us to repentance. But it's not the love of God only. Sin is harsh. Sin is a horrible taskmaster. Sin is exhausting. But the more I'm in the presence of God, the more I want to please my father. You know what you're doing wrong. But do you know who he is? And so when you see what my attention is, what my attention is drawn to, we understand that, that the thing that I have, the most unlimited resource I have is my time. And so is my time, does my time make room for Jesus? And this is not something that you can do accidentally. You have to be intentional with your time with Jesus. I was listening to this interview, and this lady said something that just stopped me. Towards the end of the interview, she told the person who was interviewing her, she said, thank you for not wasting my life minutes. I said, I like that. And the lady, the interview was over, and the lady, uh, Danica, the lady said, I've never heard that before. Why do you say it life, life, life minutes? She said, I see my life like uh, sands in an hourglass. When I was young, the top half was full. And I did everything I wanted to do. 
But as I grow older, I see that the sands on the top are less than one on the bottom. And I try to live my life now where I don't waste my life minutes. And she said, so what is included in your life minutes? And she, she's not a Christian, but she said, I, I have to make space for um, my spiritual walk. This is the lady, she's not a Christian. I have to make space for my, my spiritual walk. I have to make space for things that are important to me. Because I had a habit of, of, I had a habit of doing these things that were wasteful and I wasted time and I saw my kids grow up and, and, and now we don't even talk because I was so busy. So this rule of life that I'm going to introduce you guys to is not to put you into bondage, but it's to put in perspective the life in which we want to live. We want to be responsible and, and, and good stewards of the life that God has given us. So um, put on the, uh, the rule of life. And this is the introduction to it. Um, what the rule of life is, do you have the, you don't have the graphic, do you? You don't have the, no worries. The rule of life is breaking up our time, our daily, weekly, monthly time to make space for God. And so we have to be intentional. So, so for, for some of us, you know, at night when we're tired, we're exhausted, it's hard for us to spend time with God. How many try to read the Bible after a long day of work, working out, eating, and then you, you like this, I'm going to go ahead and spend time with Jesus and then you, you're literally like this. And maybe on your phone, and you're just like, in the beginning. <laughs> so for some of us, we just got to get up early in the morning. We got to start our day that way. So the rule of life, and there will be available handouts, and we're going to have um, QR codes for you. And, and I'll make mine available. But so rule of life is my time. I want you to write this down. I'm going to go fast. I won't be able to cover it all. Um, and I, I, I'm, I had my, my, my sons do it, um, my wife, and um, I did it, and we're going to do it as a family. So um, daily, we want to carve out time with God. These are the rhythms of the rule of life. And then the second thing is trust. We want to build important relationships. So in my rule of life, um, I want to connect with my wife um, daily. She's important to me. So if she's important to me, I have to connect with my wife daily. I have to connect with the people that in my home daily. Um, temple. So for my rule of life, I got to make sure I take care of my body. I'm not this young dude like I used to be. I'm getting a little older. And um, I never could eat what I want. That was a lie from the devil. But now it's hard to get rid of the stuff I'm eating. And so I got to make sure I take care of my body. So daily, um, in terms of self-care, uh, I make sure I eat vegetables correctly and things, I mean, stuff like that. But um, you'll get a part of it. I just want to introduce it to you. Treasure, my money. Um, I want to make sure that I honor God with my money, my finances. But I also want to stop this frivolous spending that I have a tendency to do. When you go to the, go when you go to the gas station, get gas. Stop getting them nabs. Sorry. It adds up. And so um, we want to be, be um, good stewards. And so talent is what you do. It's like you want to make sure that you make time for God. 
So daily, my routine, my daily routine is getting up 5 o'clock in the morning. And people's like, oh, oh, wow, I could never do that. Getting up 5 o'clock in the morning is a previous day decision. And so for me, now Tanya, who was over here talking before service, Tanya said I was out at 7 o'clock. And <laughs> the boy was tired. But I'm trying to create these rhythms where I make time with God. Listen, let's not be the people who make time for God when a crisis hit. We want to have a pattern of making time for God. So daily, I wake up every day, 5 o'clock in the morning, praying, devotion, blah, blah, blah. Weekly, I, I, I try to meet with the elders. I make sure I'm at church. Those are things that are weekly. Um, monthly, I make sure that um, I'm, I'm reading scripture. I'm reading a book. I want to read one book. A real book, a real start to finish, because here's what your homeboy usually do. I start reading a book, Jess. You, you suggest another book. In the midst of reading that book, I stop reading that book to read your book. Then I'm texting Gina, and Gina says, have you ever read, and now I'm reading this author. And so I have read 7,000 books last year. Now, how many I finished? Zero. On my Kindle, it's, I'm, I'm averaging around 17% completion. Horrible. Just, I know a little bit about everything, Gary. So this month, this year, I'm being more intentional. Because I reduced the 82% of frivolous wasting time, I read three books since the start of the 21 days of fasting. Three books engulfing the information and sitting with it as opposed to just keep jumping up and down. Trust. And so I'm, I make sure I connect with my mentor and my friends. I've contacted some of my friends and say, hey, my wife and I want to create rhythms. Y'all are good, godly people. We want to create rhythms where we spend time together because they're important to us. And if I'm going to build relationships we're going, to have to, we're going to have to spend time together. And so what I'm saying is this rule of life helps structure our life so that we can be intentional about the things concerning our lives that are important. Amen. And so uh, that's going to be available. But here's what I want us to, to pray about, and I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and you can join me at the altar. If you say, Pastor, I heard everything you're saying. I feel like you are talking to me. I'm too busy. I don't know where to start. Like, I'm, 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 I'm riddled in debt. I'm, I'm just, I got my, my, my sons, my daughters in so many activities, and I just want to give them the life I never had, and I do feel the pressure. I do feel the weight. Um, I, want, I want to help you pray through that. Life is expensive. Work is necessary. And many of us are caught in between that busyness. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves is what can we give up? Or if you're in a season of your life, you feel like you can't give up any of that. Well, we need the Lord's help. We're not communicating in relationships. We're struggling. Some of us had a hard time literally hearing the word of God because we're so distracted and busy.
If the average person touches their phone 20, over 2,500 times a day, how many times have you resisted the urge to touch it while I was preaching? Busy, man. I told Tanya this yesterday. I said, as busy as Jesus was, short amount of time, he slowed down enough. When a woman touched him with the issue of blood, he could have kept walking. He stopped. Right in the middle of going to see about somebody's daughter. He stopped. Luke, and nine times in the book of Luke, the disciples wake up early in the morning and Jesus wasn't there. He was practicing silence and solitude with the Father. And for many of us, when was the last time you were left alone with your thoughts? When was the last time you just was quiet? Without and so what happens over time, we look for ways to escape. And we have these habits of doing just that every day, every day. Addictions, distractions. That concludes this week's message. If you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel like to give, Feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Kannapolis, Charlotte, or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.